Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 555. Whoa, triple five. There you go. So, hey, what are we doing? We're in playoffs. We just had the semifinals. We got the finals coming up. We're going to talk some football. I've opened up the mic so that you guys can talk whatever you have to or if you have to or make all sorts of grunty noises. Anyhow, um, what's going on? What's wonderful? What's cool? Uh, well, it's CFL playoffs, man. We've got like two weeks left in the season, and it's all over. Well, the season's over, but now the playoffs are almost over, and we're all set to gray cup. And then we're going to have this big nothingness for <laughs> – Long time. We're still going to have lots to talk about, but we're going to take a, a nice Christmas break. And right after the Grey Cup, we'll probably do one show after the Grey Cup. Maybe, yeah, one show, maybe two. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. And then we'll do a, a, an extended Christmas break. We'll come back in January. Sometime in January. Usually there's not a lot happening. Uh, there's some signings that happen before the end of the year so that the coaches or general managers can spend what's left of their budget or, or you know, whatever so they get the signing bonuses in this year as opposed to next year that that may or may not happen we'll see what happens but but um but january we'll come back in maybe mid-january and talk some football again and see what's happening probably around the time about the super bowl is what's that oh yeah that's that sport down south of the border it's kind of fun maybe not kind of boring very boring okay anyhow um we got everybody here online uh let's uh go to Open the phones up here, and we'll, William, my friend from Calgary, how are you doing? I am good. Um, the season's almost over, yeah. and I'm, 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 I'm ready for it to be over. To be honest with you. Yeah, we were talking and, uh, off air before the show started, and it really wasn't an exciting season. Very lackluster football. Well, especially if you live in Calgary, okay? Well, it was yeah, not I mean, a very, it was not a very good yeah, team this year. You only had really you know. three decent teams, that's why. Right, but even those three decent teams, Winnipeg played some really shitty football. They won the game, but they weren't playing really well. And Toronto was the same thing. They, they played fair. this garbage football. I mean, Kelly got 122 yards in the game against Saskatchewan. It was just a non-event. It's just Saskatchewan couldn't do anything else, right? They couldn't put up any numbers. Uh, so, I mean, and in the beginning, we were just going, going from one terrible football game to another, to another, to another. And it just happened the way that it did. And this year, it's just been a lackluster football season. And that's just a fact. There is no dominant teams out there. There's just some absolutely terrible teams. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. And, you know, you can say what you want with a 16-12 and 12 season with Toronto, but they were not a dominant team this year. They just, I mean, what, what was the deal? They, they went out of Ontario six times. Two of them were to Montreal. I mean, how does a schedule do that? You're supposed to do nine games on the road. At least nine, you know, 
and, and they shouldn't be all in the same province. They shouldn't be to the same teams over and over and over again, especially when there's five Western teams. You should be in the West five times at least, right? Imagine getting uh, to play Ottawa 20 times in the last four years. Like, I mean, there's yeah. mm. space in the bingo card. No wonder they win a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, Charles, there you are. Welcome to the show. I guess I should introduce everybody. There's Charles is here. How you doing, brother? Yes, I am. I'm you, you doing good from, here in the lower mainland. I ended up not going, so I didn't go and even go, so I, okay. even better. It's I really not that far back. from you. Yeah. It's not. It's like 20, 15 minutes, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ended up not going, so that's fine. Okay. And we get to talk to the football tonight, and uh, we might as well introduce uh-huh. Rudy right away, considering he was jabbering in the background. Hello, Rudy. How's Winnipeg? How you doing? Uh, it's not cold enough for first uh, Saturday. You don't usually I usually don't cheer for cold weather, but we've had very very Vancouver like weather where it's been wet, mostly rain. The snow keeps melting, so I don't know. Well, let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least for uh, a few we, more we, days. Vancouver practices in that weather. Yeah, they'll be they'll be right at home. Although it's supposed to be a little bit cool Friday, Saturday, a little bit colder, but nothing nothing crazy. Nothing like last year or the year before. So it'll be fine. Might be an advantage for BC. Who knows? Well, the one thing is there will there will be a a, a north wind. I think so. That'll be that's a bit of a tricky situation. That's about. Yeah. 30 kilometers an hour, so that'll... 30 kilometers an hour mm-hmm. isn't wind. Uh, <laughs> BC practice in November. wind stronger than that. Yeah, it's different, though. The wind's cool. It kills the ball. I don't know. Yeah. Man, you say, you, you've obviously enough. never been to the West Coast. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I get wind, but... Well, a warmer wind isn't. I mean, a cold wind just—you can't kick the football. Doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, the afternoon—they—they—they they, they, they kick off in the afternoon over there. It's going to be minus one in sunshine. Mm-hmm. Should be. There's nothing the matter with that temperature. It's a lot warmer than than I'll tell you. Plus three in Vancouver in a pissing rainstorm. Yep. And the yeah. thing is, if they Lions want to win the Grey Cup, they better get used to you know playing in that yeah. weather because Hamilton's not going to be exactly uh, an oasis uh, the following week. Well, no, you know Hamilton, Hamilton is Hamilton known for wind. Wind in it. And yep. Look at the Grey Cup. I mean, I, I understand the. I, I get the uh, the want for a Grey Cup to be played inside because I mean the, the 2021 Grey Cup was decided who won the coin toss. Almost, you know what I mean. You win that coin toss, you get the ball in the fourth quarter, and you're—that's a huge advantage. I don't understand that. I really don't understand it. Do, do you mean that teams play harder in the fourth quarter than they do in the first? I just think you get, but you, but you, know, you, you gauge your offense differently. You know, you waste more time. You might run more running plays. You eke out first downs. You just you, you kill that clock, and then there's a pressure on the other team to score in the third quarter when you have the wind. I just think there's 
I don't know. You put up, you take the ball in the first quarter and you score 30 points and, you know, you get another 10, 15 in the second quarter. Does it really matter what happens in the fourth? Well, no, you need to start playing. You need to start playing from the first kickoff. But first quarter you start, I mean, feeling out, it's kind of, you know, the game's doesn't always, you know, usually they punt a few times before things get going. So I don't know. I just think having that win in the fourth quarter, you can be, you can be up two touchdowns and that's, that's nothing. If you have a, if you have a wind, if you have a, good, a strong wind, you're fine. Let's, let's, let's talk some football. We've had some, we had the semifinal games last week. Uh, we're going to start off with the Eastern semifinal game, which was the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats going into Montreal to play the Alouettes. And, I, you know, Hamilton had, was really on an upswing on the back end of the, the season, and there was a lot of promise, and uh, Taylor Powell was playing some really good football. And some rocket scientists decided that they were going to start Matthew Schlitz and then put in Bo Levi Mitchell. Who got you to the playoffs? Who took this team from the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, secured a playoff position for them? Who did? It was Taylor Powell. Why would you not continue playing with him? The players p- worked with him. The team played with him. So w- why, why would you not start the quarterback that got you to the playoffs? I don't understand the logic. It makes no sense. I didn't understand it when Wally Bono started Dave Dickinson over Casey Printers. I didn't understand it. I did not. And, but, and he did it. And... We lost. And it was a it was a non event. I mean I, I don't know. Cody Fajardo is playing better football than I thought he could, but he's not playing amazing football. He is literally the best of the junk. And I, I Charles, talk about this game for me, please. Yeah, well, it was, uh, I don't like you. I don't know why they bothered to go with, um, with what's-his-face, with Schlitz. Um, I mean, I didn't know Bo Levi Mitchell wasn't the answer, but Matt Schlitz wasn't the answer either. You're right. I had said all along that Taylor Powell was the best option for Hamilton to have a shot in this game. I think they'd probably been more competitive because, they just weren't, and with all due respect, uh, the, you, you've got to give some credit to the Montreal defense. They played very well in this game. They shut Hamilton down, but honestly, they weren't uh, exactly shutting down uh, uh, the Doug Flutie-Calgary Stampede. They were, play, they were playing a, a team led by Matt Schlitz, and I'm sorry, that's not exactly a scary prospect. He's not a guy, a quarterback that you look at and say, uh-oh, this guy's going to go out and win the game by himself. And maybe none of them on Hamilton are, but I think Taylor Powell is the best option of the three. I thought he was the most consistent of the three. I thought he played the best of the three. I mean, I, I agree with them not going with Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, we could talk, we'll be talking about him in a little bit, too, because he uh, – had some interesting comments after the game, but we're going to get to that in a little bit later. But I don't know why Matt Schlitz, they thought, was the guy that was going to take him. Cody Fajardo, he's not a great quarterback. Uh, but he was decent in this game, and that's all he had to be. 
because the Hamilton just didn't have any sort of offensive uh, punch in them at all. It was just a uh, a game that didn't make sense to me. I thought Orlando Steinhauer got out coached, and he he shot himself in the foot right from the very beginning by not going with Powell. And in the end, Hamilton just wasn't good enough. Montreal, well, they may not be good enough either, but they were good enough to get rid of Hamilton, and that's what they did. And no home team Grey Cup this year. The game's in Hamilton, and the Ticats won't be there unless they buy a ticket. But uh, I called uh, Schlitz and Bowley by Mitchell Plumbers last week, and uh, they did nothing to kind of dispel. They did nothing to kind of dispel that. So no, you did call that. that. That was funny as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had played Taylor Powell, I honestly had thought believed. I honestly believed that they had a shot of taking out Toronto. Montreal does not. It just, it, it just, it, it just won't happen. I'd be shocked. Yeah. So, okay, um, William. Yeah. Well, I watched the entire game. Um, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I can't even remember. It was a competitive game, wasn't it? No. I think it was, sort of. Well, early on, no. okay. Early Maybe on, Maybe for was. the first couple quarters. Early on, it was. And, and you know, I mean, uh. It was a typical Eastern playoff game. And, yeah, I don't know why they didn't play the other guy, but they played Matt Slitt, who didn't look that great, didn't look that bad. What the hell is that noise? Didn't look that bad. Um, but once again, <laughs> and they eventually put Bully by Mitchell in, a little too late. Did they not? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Too late. And uh, why they, they didn't put the third string guy in is beyond me. Um, Cody Cody Fajardo looked okay. He wasn't fantastic. He looked okay. And he got the job done. And as Christopher and I both commented online Last week, Cody Fajardo made a mistake or made a comment about not needing anybody or something like that. And we figure, you know, just when you kind of give the guy a little credit, he sticks his fucking foot in his mouth. And it's like he, said, you're such he doesn't a, need any bandwagon people right now. That that's that's right. You're an idiot. Okay, you really the, are. The bandwagon people don't. There really is a reason people don't like you, and it's because you're not smart. Okay. So, but he got the job done, and they're going to play Toronto, and good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of weird. It's because, you know, Matt Schlitz made Cody Fajardo look like a good quarterback. You, you know you got to You know you got to be shit when that happens, right? It's just, oh, my God. God, scary as it was, it happened. 
Okay, you know, Rudy. And one of the one, wait oh, a minute. Willie, one of the things I want to finish, say. One of the things up. I want to say. One of the things I want to say is, and I and I got to give full credit to somebody. Jason Moss has not done a bad job with that team this year. No, they seem, they seem to they no. seem to want to play for him. They seem to want to play for him. So he's he's one guy who's not going to lose his job in the off season. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, oh, well, no, not a not a chance. Yeah, because yeah. no. remember coming into this season, many people and I think some of us thought that Montreal were going to be the bottom feeders of the East. Because remember in yeah, the off season, in the uh, early part of the off season. They were still having uh, money issues and stuff like that, and weren't able to sign a lot of free agents. Correct. They didn't have an owner. The league owner. Yeah, well, free agents until uh, until after that, so they couldn't even really sign any free agents or anything. No. But they still ended up getting second place to even get a home playoff game out of it. So. That wasn't hard in the Eastern Division this year. No, that's true. But it's not hard most years, but this year it was even easier. Yeah, it was terrible this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I started off this thing is saying that, you know, that this has been a very lackluster year. Yeah, Montreal, what did they end up with, 11 wins, 10 wins? I think they were 11 and 7, if they were, if I'm not mistaken. 11 and 7, yeah. yeah 11. They, they were 0 and 7 against BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto. And they were set 11 and 0 against beat everybody, everybody else. else. So they literally were the top of the garbage pile. There was a, a, a there's a line there. There's a, a very strong line right above Montreal separating the bottom from the top. When do they get their tallest? Yeah. When do they get their tallest midget trophy? Yeah, it it it, it it's just it's terrible, terrible. Okay, so um. The game ended up uh, closer closer than what it sounds, but it it, it ended up 27 to 12, 15 points spread on that from uh, for Montreal over Hamilton. Total point score was 39. Uh, Charles, you took Montreal with 126 points. Will, you went with Hamilton, you got eight. CJ went with Hamilton, I got 24. And Rudy, you picked Montreal, got 130. I I probably shouldn't have picked Montreal knowing that Taylor Powell wasn't going to play, that Matt Schlitz and Bo Levi Mitchell were going to play, and I, I should have stuck with Montreal. But uh, if Powell was, was playing, I think Hamilton would have won that game. So, that was specifically well, why I didn't go with Hamilton. Well, yeah. don't you at the start of training camp, you, have, you rate your quarterbacks one, two, and three. So then you go into the biggest game of the year and you start number three. When you have number two available, you have you have your number one available who's healthy, or you have a guy that showed well, but you play the guy who's last on your depth chart. That doesn't make any sense. But Powell was third on the depth chart. I guess he was, but during the season, I think Powell showed more. I guess I should have said Powell. Exactly. More so teams. your entire theory just there just doesn't exist with this team, because Bowley. Bo Levi Mitchell was number one, Matt Schlitz was number two, and Taylor Powell was number three in Hamilton in the yeah. beginning of the season. And So Bo Levi goes down, Schlitz comes in, they do nothing. They're like 0-6. And, uh, and he goes down, 
Taylor Powell comes in and they start winning a couple of games. Not a lot of games. They ended up winning six, I believe, in the season. But, like, he won them all. Yep. Right? No, I mean, he, 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 Powell won all six games. So, you know, how, just, how, do you, how do you put somebody in that hasn't won a football game yet this year? And hasn't played, Think, and he hasn't played well. Like, he hasn't played well. There's no, like, oh, no, he was, he's not a good quarterback. No. And, and, and the, uh, Powell beat so BC, Powell beat Winnipeg. Yeah. And they might let Milanovic go, which is ridiculous. That's crazy. But we're going to talk about that later, and I don't think they will. Yeah. I, I don't. I, they, they shouldn't. There's no way they should. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens, and, and I think that's going to be in the off season. And I think that you know they they may let them go talk to the riders and then come back and say, okay, you go talk to the riders, come back with some numbers, and then we'll talk. And then they'll something figure out because you can't keep Orlando Steinauer as the coach of this team. He has done nothing. And progressively gotten worse. I mean, he was in the Grey Cup not not a couple of years ago, you know. Now he's luck fortunate to make the playoffs. Okay. The the Ticats are 24 and 26 in their last three seasons. In the last under five hundred, under five hundred, yeah, yeah. I mean, they hey, they they were the number one team in 20, 2019. Yeah, they were the number one team. Right, everybody thinks it was Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan was just number one in the West. Hamilton right. was number one yeah. overall. Hamilton had the best record. Yeah. Okay. The second game, the Western semifinal, which was supposed to be a better game, right? I mean, Calgary did beat BC two weeks ago and, you know, and just that and everything else. And, okay, well, see what happens. Um, This wasn't even a contest. Literally, this wasn't a contest. Calgary scored the majority of their points in garbage time. And it, it, I'm sorry, it was just, it, they were outplayed, outclassed. Vernon Adams went out there in the first quarter and just lit it up. I was actually impressed that Calgary scored seven points on the opening drive and got BC behind. And and I'm going, oh, shit, what's going on here? Man, this is going to be a tight contest. And then Vernon Adams goes and puts 21 points on the board and uh, never looked back. Just absolutely never looked back after that. It was a one-man wrecking crew, and uh, I, I love the game. I watched the whole thing. I, I know that it was hard for Sparky and Will to watch, but uh, nobody should have been surprised by the outcome. Uh, it was it was pretty much expected. Um, yeah, they gave us a glimmer of hope. Calgary did give us a glimmer of hope of playing BC two weeks earlier. But like I said before, BC literally had nothing to play for. Everybody else, everybody's saying, oh, they were still playing for first place. And I know, no, once they lost to Winnipeg, there was no hope of first place. So, yeah, I don't think there was much, much in that game. So, I don't know. It, uh, it was a dominant game by Vernon Adams and the BC Lions. 
I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to let Charles go next. Yeah, I I was going to start off by saying, can we all agree that that game at the end of the season meant absolutely nothing? People were putting so much into that game and saying, oh, look, Calgary's going to win. It it didn't matter to Calgary. It did, but it really didn't matter to the Lions. The Lions didn't really care, and they played like they didn't care. And I'm like, people are putting so much stock in this, like this is going to be meaningless, and it wasn't. The Lions are a far superior team, and they came out and proved that. They now have beaten Calgary. I think they beat Calgary four or five times this year. And, yeah, I mean, Vernon Adams was pretty much flawless in this game, passed for over 400 yards, passed for uh, two touchdowns, and ran for two touchdowns. Sorry, passed for three touchdowns, ran for two touchdowns. I mean, uh any of the Vernon Adams detractors that are out there right now, uh, they've been silent this past week because, quite frankly, they've got nothing to complain about. Because it was maybe that may have been Vernon's best, Vernon Adams' best game in the CFL. It was his first playoff win, and he was absolutely phenomenal. And not just him; the entire Lions team was great in this game. Their defense was good. Uh, they. Yeah, sort of had a running game, although still not very good. But their receivers were good. Their offensive line gave Vernon Adams good protection. They were a majorly better football team, and I think most people know they're a better football team. And Calgary, for all that they played a little bit better down the stretch, that's still a 6-12 and football game team. And I don't know, is Jake Mayer going to be the starting quarterback in Calgary next year? I certainly hope not for the Calgary fans' sake, because this guy is not a top-level quarterback, and he proved it again. He's now 0-2 in the playoffs and hasn't been close in either game. He's not a big-time quarterback. you gotta, you got to face facts. Okay. Uh, two things I want to talk to you about on this one, Okay. One is, and I'll deal with Jake Mayer to start with. Jake Mayer, and I've been watching him very closely the last three, four, or five games, especially the two against BC. He didn't play bad football. His receivers were dropping obvious, easy catches. All right, yeah. Fair enough, but the thing is... you You can't blame that on him. You can't. They really were dropping catchable footballs. Okay? And I'm not saying that he is a top-level, an elite quarterback by any stretch of the means, but, you know, this was really his, his first season. You know, last year he was sporadic in and out with Bo, and this was his first year as a starter. So he, let's call him a rookie, and let's say that he needs to have some growth. I'm, I'm not going to say that he's the answer. I'm not, and I'm not going to set Will on this one because I don't know that much about Jake, and I, I don't. I thought he looked really well early on, uh, like last year in a few games. But this year he didn't jump off the page at us. He just didn't. But then neither did the rest of the team. The team was terrible. And to say that they were a 6-12 and football team is being generous. <clears throat> so, And the, the other thing is BC's running game. You said we had a bit of a running game. 
we had a decent running game when we had a kid in there by the name of Shivers. And all of a sudden, he, I don't know he where he's away. been. I don't know why we and, haven't seen he, him. He, he's not even on the team. He's been let go. What? Yeah, he's not even on the team. He's been let go. Okay. Boy, I, and, I and thought then, he was and then, and then we had this power back, Hardy, who actually looked like he could pound it up the middle. And then as soon as this other, Mizell, is, is healthy again, they put him back in, and the, he goes down on first contact every time. I, I, I don't understand the running game. Where's the logic on it? We've had two good running games, two run, good running backs, and you've replaced both of them coming back to this Mizell. You know, injury doesn't lose your position. Well, fine, I'm okay with that, but at least you should earn it. And he hasn't earned that position. He's a terrible, he's not a good running back. It's a, it's a challenge for me to, to, to say, to, to watch our running game. It is literally, the Lions don't have one. And, and we've got rid of two good running backs. It's, it's a challenge for me. Um, William. Come in and talk about your Calgary Stampeders. I know this is painful. You know, well, no, it's not painful. Okay, number one, you guys, and I'm saying you guys, last year were touting Jake fucking Mayer every fucking podcast. And it's like, and just so you know, Jake started the last seven games of the season last year, so I don't call him a rookie. Okay. I admit I was wrong. He was terrible last year. He was fucking worse this year. Okay? The guy, the guy, you would think there'd be some kind of learning curve, but he's doing the same things that he did last year that he's doing this year. And he has no time to throw. And he, he, he throws his his check down. He throws to his check down receiver right, right away. He knows which receiver receiver he's going to throw to right at the very beginning. And the guy shouldn't even be in the CFL, in my mind. He does throw a very nice ball. Anyways, I don't know how you can tout BC at all because, you know what, a 12-6 team should kill a 6-12 team every single day of the week if it means something, okay? And I'm surprised that BC didn't put up 60 points. But me too. That's just me. That's just me. Um, but all I'm going to say, and, and you know what? I, I have always been a Vernon Adams fan, okay? And I think that was by far and away the best game he's played in the CFL. But Vernon Adams also has the reputation of one day he's Henry Burris, the next day he's bad Henry. Okay, so what's going to happen on what's going to happen this week? Who knows? But I, I'd love to see Vernon Adams have a good game. Okay, and I'd love to see him succeed because you know what? He's been in the league long enough that he it would be nice for him to have success. It's just too bad he plays for BC. Anyways, go ahead. It's not too bad he plays for BC. I mean, BC is the one that brought him into the league. Yes, yes, but you know I hate fucking BC, so who cares? You know what I mean? Sorry. Well, I mean, your second favorite team is Montreal with uh, 
Danny Machocha, Jason Moss, and Cody Fajardo. I mean, they, they got the trifecta, trifecta over there. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 Willie's Willie's worst nightmare is his uh, <laughs> a BC Montreal final. Oh my God. Anyways. Yeah, I don't think that's Go going ahead. to happen. I don't well, know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We're, we'll we'll go over a bunch of things and we'll figure out where we're going to go with that. <clears throat> okay, uh, Rudy, you watched this game. You paid attention. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I thought you know Calgary looked good early. They got that first touchdown, but once Vernon Adams heated up and. You know what? Calgary's coverage wasn't that bad, but Vernon Adams was throwing the ball in there. I was, I was kind of, I kept on rewinding the the the, the passes, hoping that okay, maybe I'm just seeing things and that, and you know they were the receivers were wide open, but they weren't. He was throwing he was making, darts. Yeah, he was making them. He was throwing like yeah, he was throwing you know aspirins like they say. It was it was very good. Uh, from his, and I, I haven't seen him, like you said, that was the best game he's played. And I think that demoralized Calgary because I think Calgary thought, you know what, they're playing, you know, as good as they could on defense. They weren't getting beat badly on D, but Vernon Adams just marched the ball down the field and, and he put up 28 points in the uh, first half. And, you know, I think yeah, there's a look at dejection on Calgary where it's like, well, we just, we're just not good enough. We just suck. And uh, and and Jake Mayer. One thing I do think Calgary. And this could be on Dickinson as well in the OC, but they really struggle inside the twenty. Like honestly, if they had any kind of, if they capitalize on half the chances inside the twenty, they're probably five hundred this year. But uh, they do not do well inside the twenty. They're yikes. It's uh, go get to second and ten quick, and they might as well kick the field goal at that point because uh, they don't really capitalize very often. But, uh, no, it was uh, – it'll be interesting to see if Vernon Adams can do what he did last week. Uh, if he does, Winnipeg might be, in, uh, might, be in, might be in trouble. So, no, I thought uh, BC, uh, BC showed their quality <clears throat> team, and, and uh, I'm glad there was no upset because uh, I don't like seeing upsets every year in the CFL because <laughs> – you know, what's the point of the regular season if there's going to be, you know, no consistency into the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, so coming up at the, this weekend, uh, never mind, we're not even going to go there. I, I honestly believe a lot of Jake Mayer's problems is the fact that he's not being well coached. The team around him is not being well coached. And oh I don't God. think the team around him has been well built. And I, I don't know how you can you can keep Denying that, William, I, he's just—it's not happening. The whole team isn't playing well. <clears throat> Who do you blame that on? I know who you blame it on, but you're wrong. But you're wrong. Well, I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about that later on. Because it it's part okay, of our agenda. Can do that. Okay, so final score was the BC Lions forty-one, the Calgary Stampeders thirty, and they did score what eleven, twelve points in the in the latter part of the fourth quarter there to 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 like 
make an attempt to make it close, and then BC kicked the field goal right at the end there. And uh, anyhow, total score was 71. Charles picked BC, he got 102. Calgary, uh, Will took Calgary, he got six. Uh, CJ took BC, got 100. And Rudy took BC, got 104. So how did this end up? Uh, we had, and I went down here a little bit. Sparky didn't send me the thing, so I had to uh, improvise and put them up, and then Sparky sent them. Anyhow, Rudy ended up on top spot there with 234 points. Charles is right behind him with 228, only six points back. CJ's off the money a bit at 124, and Will had a, a remarkable 14 points. <clears throat> this was our time to shine, and we didn't do it. So Rudy, Rudy's in the lead there. <clears throat> and we'll come into the next two games, which are right now. And the Eastern... <clears throat> where's the pen? Don't I have a pen yet? I don't have a pen. Okay, I'm going to at my desk. Huh. I have to use a crayon. Um, <laughs> the Eastern final is Montreal into Toronto to play the Argonauts and will be the BC Lions in to play Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the second half of that game. But Charles. Okay, so hang on. Um, Sparky did put up the draft king thing. Toronto is a 10.5 point favorite over Montreal. The over-under is 50.5. <laughs> what are you going to do, Charles? You know what I didn't see? I didn't see the TSN guys all picking who who they were going to pick. But uh, anybody who's not picking Toronto right now, I think, is a little daft. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah you got you got to go with Toronto. I'm sorry. Uh, I just can't pick Cody Fajardo. He needs nice. He got to this point. I can't pick him to win the Eastern final. I just think Toronto was too good, mainly because their defense is so good. Um, and Toronto's got a good offense. Uh, it's not a spectacular offense, but we won't go there. But they are a very good offense still, very good defense, very good special teams. This is Toronto team does not have a lot of weaknesses, I don't think. So, I really think that Toronto is uh, going to win this one. I think they might win it quite handily. I think they cover the 10-point spread. Uh, I just don't think Montreal is good enough to hang with them. They may stay, keep it close for a little bit, but I believe in the second half, uh, Toronto pulls away on this one. They're just a better team. They have been all year. They beat Montreal every time they've played them. So I'm going to pick Montreal, or I'm going to pick Toronto to knock off Montreal. And uh, I'm going to say that Toronto is going to win this one, and I'll go uh, 50 points. So you're going on the underside because the under is 50.5. Just, just under, yes. Just under, okay. Uh, William. Well, I am going to hook my wagon to my new CFL hero. Chad Kelly. And his name, and, Cody and his name is Co- Cody Fajardo. Fajardo. He's the man. <laughs> he could be, and let's quote, let's quote a famous ex-podcaster, the best quarterback in CFL history. 
Okay. Thank you very much, Phil Miller. Okay. So. Did he, did he say I'm that? Gonna, Boy, he did then. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. I'm going to pick Cody Fajardo of the Montreal Alouettes. 46 points. 46 points. Now, there was somebody today on, on the Let's Talk CFL page that said that Chad Kelly was is the best quarterback to play in the CFL since Doug Flutie. Yes. <laughs> you see my comments? Okay, there's a stretch. Uh, I can think of Mike Riley, uh, uh, Ricky Ray, um, even Nathan Rourke. Oh, boy. Uh, Chad, uh, Zach Caleros. Uh, well, well, I do think I do think. Now you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because you have no more history. I do think, I do think he's had a better first year as a starter than Doug Flutie did. Of course. Yeah, I would okay, say that. Go. I would say so. But one thing though is the difference there is. Chad Kelly was a backup for most of last year and got some playing action. Doug Flutie came in and was just thrown to the wolves without having any experience in the CFL. And he had only played, you know, down in the NFL or the USFL. And it takes some time to learn the game. So and Chad so, Kelly had at least a little bit of a chance, a little bit of a, a leg up in that respect uh, because of his year as a backup. Yeah, but look at opponent strength. Look who Flutie had to play against his first year with BC. Winnipeg was good still. Calgary was just ramping up. Edmonton was always good. You know what I mean? So it was, I mean, you weren't playing Ottawa four times and Hamilton four. You know, you weren't getting 10 games against teams that are useless. So, I mean, it's, yeah. It's a bad comparison. Yeah. You, can't, you can't do it. Rudy. You got to pick the game. Uh, you know what? I feel like it's CFL. CFLs do. We're due for an upset. Like this, something's gonna. I mean, Montreal's been so much. Have they lost their last three playoff games? Four. Um, but you know what? They're just not good enough. I, I just can't see Fiardo engineering this type of uh, upset. Um, and actually, they might actually have some people in the stands in Toronto for a change. That could, that, that might scare the Argos. Um, maybe they'll choke. Um, no, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Argos. Forty-four. Well, okay. get their look up and say, "What are these people doing here?" <laughs> yeah, you can get yeah, nervous. Yeah. Um, we got a. It, it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be competitive. It's not going to be close. And, you know, Toronto's offense isn't bad, but it's more the running game than it is the passing game. And they're, they, they're going to use the run. They need to set up the run. They, gotta, they need the run to set up the pass. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to march all over Montreal. And I, I'm picking Toronto. I'm going to go with my 48 points just because that's what I've been doing this season. And I've been doing quite well with it. Um, and it's uh, – what, what, what did Rod Peterson say? That it, it would uh, – he does not believe that a 
tame quarterback by God himself could upset the Toronto Argonauts on this Saturday. I'm glad that he said this Saturday and not this season because I really don't think Toronto's going to win the Grey Cup because I think BC and or Winnipeg are both going to be able to take out Toronto. But uh, we'll see what happens. <coughs> but uh, yeah, I'm taking Toronto. I'm going with 48 points. And that's where we are straight across the board. Now, now, the exciting game of the week, the exciting game of the year. This is the most anticipated game of the year. This is more anticipated, in my opinion, than the Grey Cup. Um, this is BC Lions going into Winnipeg to play the, the, the Blue Bombers. Their first matchup was 30-6 to for BC. They absolutely spanked the Bombers at home, kept them out of the end zone completely with two field goals for the entire day. Um, and then they turned around and rematched this a few weeks later. And uh, what was it? 54 to 14 or 50 to 14 or something. It was a terrible game by the BC Lions. And BC had some terrible games on and off. But that was Winnipeg coming off a bye, BC coming off a short week, and you know, yada, 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 make all the excuses you want. Um, but it wasn't a fair matchup in that aspect of things. And everybody knows it, but nobody admits it. And, uh, and, and it's fine. It was a blowout. And then they came back. They played the rubber match for the divisional titles. And literally, BC had the game won, and the receiver had a brain fart. And uh, Winnipeg ended up winning. And that's okay. You know, and it went into overtime was a tie game they went into overtime they didn't have to they could have kicked it for a rouge to win the game or a field goal all they had to do was prevent stop hitting the upright and everything would have been fine the game would have been over and winnipeg fans would have just not had anything to say about it because that's really what should have happened and anybody who says otherwise really doesn't understand the game and we'll go that way. So it's one of those things. Winnipeg did have the season series, ended up with the divisional title, and ends up with home field advantage. So now that game, last game was in BC place. Now this is the third game that BC and Winnipeg are going to play in IGF. And I'll guarantee you that that stadium is not going to be friendly for the BC Lions. Although the weather looks like it's going to be on the Lions side of things as opposed to the Bombers. And we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Question, it's going to be the game of the season. Now, Rudy is correct. He has said that, they're, that we're due for, a, for an upset. There has to be an upset somewhere. And it's not going to be Montreal and Toronto. It's definitely going to be BC into Winnipeg. My opinion? My hopeful? Yeah, I am. Am I dreaming? Probably. Um, Charles, BC Lions into Winnipeg to play the Bombers. How you call it? Did I lose Charles? Was he got his? I, I had my somebody. damn phone on. I had my damn phone on mute. Sorry about that. I lost uh, me. My mistake. Okay. Oh, well, that's weird. You're still talking. No, um, I lost. But I yeah. had my backup phone on. And it, oh, it okay, that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. You is. look at this matchup. Uh, you look at the season series. Each team had a blowout, and then there was a game that was decided in overtime. 
So really, the season series ended up fairly even between the two. One win each by a blowout, and then an overtime one. And if Dominic, Dominic Rimes had learned how to fall down, this game probably would have been here in Vancouver on Saturday. But it's not. It's in Winnipeg. That's never an easy uh, place to play. It's a very loud. Their fans are very boisterous. That certainly can have an effect. Uh, so the Lions would be good to shut these guys up early with a couple of early scores. Not saying anything, but, um, yeah, they're going to be tough. Uh, the Bombers, they're going to be missing a couple key pieces. Dalton Schoen's not going to play. Nick Dembski is a question mark. He hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, so he still may play, but he may not be at 100%. They got a couple other guys banged up who have been sitting out practice, but, hey, at this time of year, injuries is something you're going to battle through. All teams do it. Uh, Vernon Adams, if the Lions are going to win this game, Vernon Adams has to pretty much play the same game he played last week. He's got to play close to error-free football. And then the other thing on the other side of the ball, uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny, Brady Oliveira, if the Lions got to try and stop him, what do they can? Now, in B.C., the game in B.C., they didn't do a terrible job of shutting down Brady Oliveira in that game until they got to the fourth quarter. And that's when the Bombers took that game over, was in the fourth quarter, when they got the running game going. So it's vitally important that they key in on Brady Oliveira I think the Lions' secondary is capable of containing the Bombers' uh, receivers um, without going shown, although there's still a tough receiving quarter. Like I said, Dembski, we don't know about. Rasheed Bailey, we, we don't know about. But if I was betting, I would say both of those guys are going to play. And that's still a very good offense. So, But let's not... Sugarcoat it, the Lions are just as good on offense. Uh, well, at least in the receiving area. Bombers got a decided advantage in the running game. There's no one's going to dispute that. Receiving no. cores, I think these uh, the receiving cores, I think these two teams are dead even receiving. They've got great receivers on both sides. This could be an air show, although it's going to be cold, so sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes it does, but uh, I'm just going to say, no, I'm not, I am not painting all Bombers fans with this brush, but the arrogance coming out of the Bombers fans this week, some Bombers fans this week, has been absolutely ridiculous and insulting. And I'm not going to get into that, but some some of these people open their mouths a little more than they should. And these people got to learn you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason, but I'm not going to get any further on that. The line, I think this is going to be a very good game. I think this is going to be a tight game. It could be one of those ones that gets decided either um, maybe by a field goal either way. At least that's what I'm thinking. And if that's the case, I'm going to give the advantage to Sean White, who uh, was 90-plus percent kicking this year. So, yeah, 94 percent. Um, yeah, so who knows? Maybe that comes into it. But uh, – I am going to pick the Lions. Yes, it's a homer pick. I don't care. I'm not changing at this point in the season. I'm going to pick the Lions, and I'm going to say uh, it's going to be cold. It's going to be lower scoring. I'm going to go 41 points. Okay. William. Yes. Well. You have to pick one. 
I know. I know it's going to be – I think it's going to be a close game. Um, as far as the Bomber receivers that are hurt, there's only one receiver who's not going to play, and that's Dalton Schoen. That's a pretty – that's a pretty big uh that's a pretty big guy to be missing. But they can counteract that with running Brady Oliveira right up the fucking gut on every play oh, and B C yeah. will B C B C will not be able to stop him. They will not be able to stop him. And if they stop him, then they'll throw the ball. So I I and you know what? If Vernon Adam plays like he did last weekend, they have a legitimate shot at winning. But there's a difference between Calgary and Winnipeg, believe it or not. I'm admitting that now, but there is a big difference. Oh, oh um, yeah. Um, you know what? I, I, BC's got great receivers. I just, I just don't like BC. I like their players, but I don't like I don't like their head coach. I think he's a bit of a dink. But that's just me personally. Um, I'm going to go with... There's a lot of people that don't like Rick Campbell. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to go with... uh, I'm going to go with Winnipeg and we'll go let's go high let's go let's go 60 okay rudy um you know this game's going to be close i think uh i think the last game they played in bc was you know the true uh the true test of what where both teams are at, and uh, but I think Winnipeg at home, it's going to be it's going to be cooler than most people think. It's going to be you know it's going to be it says minus two, but with a thirty five kilometer hour wind, um, it'll be like feel like minus six probably by kickoff minus nine. So that's not going to that's not that's not going to play a part. I think this will. I mean that's not going to help BC, but I don't think it's going to be the difference. Um, I just think Winnipeg's running game and their defense will be the uh, will be the biggest factor in why Winnipeg will win this game. So I'm going to go with Winnipeg forty-seven. The the one thing about Prairie Folk is they honestly don't know and do not understand the weather in Vancouver. And I'll tell you, plus five degrees, pissing down rain with a westerly wind is colder than just about anything you can throw at us at any time of the year in Winnipeg. Yeah, but Vancouver is not playing out. They, they play in a dome. I'm not basing it on the they average. They play their games. They practice every single day in Surrey. They play, they practice outside in the elements every single day in the rain, on real grass, in the wind. And I'll tell you, 30K winds is nothing for us in the West Coast. And a minus one is 
nice and balmy. So uh, I, I, I do not, if anything, if anything right now, I'm saying the weather factors BC's favor. Well, first of all, minus you say minus one like it's minus one and nine. No, minus my, minus one with a, a 35 kilometer wind out of the north is going to be cold. So, like, and do you think that that makes any 10. difference? That makes any difference. I, I, I don't think it'll make Vernon Adams you think more it, comfortable. I, I, I think it's the I same weather the that they have in Surrey. It's minus, the same weather. Minus nine, except there's no I, rain. I don't. Okay. I, I. You're you're picking Winnipeg. What's your number? Uh, forty-seven. Forty-seven. Okay, I'm taking the BC Lions, and I'm going with my forty-eight points. I'm, we're all sticking under, except no. Will went over. Will went over with sixty. Um, yeah, I just. It's going to be a tight game. I don't think it, there's going to be a blowout. I don't think one team is going to walk away from this than the other. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a battle. And we can go head-to-head, and I've got that up in the CFL right now. Marshall Ferguson did, did one head-to-head. I, I don't know. Did you guys take a, take a look at this? Because it's not in the agenda. We'll go with it, and I'll, I'll kind of read these things for you. I, I didn't see it. Of, uh, this is kind of fun. Uh, it goes head-to-head on a bunch of different points. Uh, the quarterbacks, okay? Zach Kolaris at home in the playoffs. It's damn near impossible to consider anything other than a Winnipeg advantage here, but hear me out. Vernon Adams Jr. threw for more yards than Caleros, was two touchdowns shy of Caleros' regular season mark, and put two receivers in the top five in CFL yardage with Alexander Hollins and Keon Hatcher. If Caleros gets outplayed at home in a head-to-head duel, I'd be shocked, especially considering how he blew the doors off BC in the second of three outings earlier this season. But how does anyone watch Vernon Adams in the Western semifinals and think that the CFL QB can outduel any combination of speed, arm talent, accuracy, and processing? Prisoner of the moment, perhaps, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. Stunned by the level VA played last weekend, advantage BC. Mm. Okay. He goes on to go with running backs, and it's not even a it's not even a paragraph. It just says advantage Winnipeg. Receivers advantage BC, <clears throat> especially with the health of Dalton Schoen and Nick uh, Dembski in question. Uh, offensive line Winnipeg. Uh, defensive line advantage BC. Linebackers they're giving it to Winnipeg. How can you not with Adam Big Hill in there? Yep. Uh, defensive, defensive backs, they gave the advantage to Winnipeg, although I think I would argue that one. You know, they're, they're Winnipeg talking about, secondary was not that good this year. No, no. And, and I'm looking at this, and, and they're talking, and he, he just goes on to say that the long arms of Willie Jefferson and Dietrich Nichols were unpleasant sophomore. Uh, they basically saying that the defensive line knocking down passes was better was part of the defensive backfield, and I'm not buying that. They're, they're, they're that's, backfield that's a weird that, argument. That's good. Yeah, it is. So the advantage Winnipeg I disagree with. Kicking, <clears throat> well, I, advantages to BC on both punting and field goals. And returners, they've got uh, Jagarian, J- 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 Janarian Grant. Janarian Grant. Janarian Grant. Uh, advantage Winnipeg. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's Terry no, Williams, no question. Terry Williams has uh, been close a couple of times, but I I think he still lead the league or was close to it in uh, in field position. He was for BC, but, much better returning the ball in the second half of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this goes back each point to point goes back and forth, and there is no clear advantage. If anything, I'm going to give it to Winnipeg simply because of a the running game and b it's in IGF. Yeah. Uh, and playing in IGF it, is an advantage. Without question, it's going to be, and and you have to silence them. I mean, it's no different than playing in in Mosaic, right? Even a terrible right. Saskatchewan team, you have to silence the audience because it makes a difference. Um, and, and IGF is going to be loud. There's no question about it. Uh, I have to give the advantage to this to Winnipeg in the game, but not by much. So I'm not going to get. I'm not going to say that this is a, a fake complete for for the Bombers to take take out BC. I'm. I, I think BC can battle this one. <coughs> it, it, it's an interesting article by Marshall Ferguson. It was quite good. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the second year in a row. The last two teams standing in the Western Division is BC and Winnipeg. Where both both years we've been playing at IG Field. BC was twelve and six last year. They were twelve and six this year. Winnipeg was what fourteen and four this year, and they were thirteen and and, and five last year. Thirteen and five. Yeah. yeah. Were they fifty and three last year? I don't no, remember. I don't think they were Maybe. they I don't think they were. They were 15 and, and, and 3 and, last year. And I can't even look. Yeah, they were. They were 15 okay. and 3. He's right. <clears throat> okay. And, and they're 14 and 4 this year. Yes. So a sloppy four is a sloppy 14 and 4. Is that such a thing? But they might have been a, maybe a sloppy 14 <clears throat> and 4. And they were. They did not win some. They they won games that were they did they won not some ugly games. To. They won some ugly yeah. games. And, and I mean, you know, good, te- good teams win games that they shouldn't. Okay, good teams win games they shouldn't, and that happened That's to true. Winnipeg this year. Okay, no question about it. I'm not taking anything away from the Bombers. They're a good football team, but they're uh, they're not as good as they were in 2019. They're not as good as they were in 2020. 21. Sorry, there was no 20. So you know, and last year they were a good team. This year they're not as good. And, and I don't mean that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They're still the top of the Western Division, which me, to me is the top of the league. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting battle. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to. I hopefully I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, I can't be disappointed if the Lions lose. I can be disappointed if the Lions don't perform. If Vernon Adams comes out and has a bad game or something bad happens and, and it just ter- turns into a Winnipeg blowout, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy. But if it's a close battle to the very end and the Bombers win, it's expected. If it's a Those close game to the end and, and the Lions win, I'll be ecstatic. <clears throat> It's so. a big chance for VA because he didn't break through in Montreal. So, I don't, has he ever won a playoff game? Maybe, a, maybe an East semifinal. No, he, that was his first playoff win last week. Yeah, he oh, even but, mentioned yeah. that in the post-game press conference. 
Yeah, yeah but so, he, he's never been on a good football team. Montreal was junk when he was there. Um, Hamilton was junk when he was there. And wasn't he in Saskatchewan for a little bit? He had a cup of tea there? Yeah. Very short time. And, and when was the last time Saskatchewan was a good team? You know, everybody's talking about 2019. Well, no, I'm not buying that one. That, that's a mirage. That 2019, they were not a good team. They were no. average. No, the, it, was a, it was a terrible league at that point in time. It was a... Every every major quarterback went down that year. Every single yeah. quarterback went down. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to our first topic here. We haven't heard from Will in a little bit. Will William, what do you got to say? What did what do you think actually up in that? Is there any advantage to the Lions? Is there any advantage to Winnipeg? It's it, it's going to no, be I close. Think yeah. I think it's a pretty even game. You got to give it to Winnipeg for the year. For their experience, I, 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 you say you could debate whether uh, whether uh, BC's D backs are better than Winnipeg's. Well, I would debate whether uh, BC's defensive line is better than Winnipeg's. Okay, I mean they don't have the Matthew Betts sack guy, but they got some pretty fucking good guys on their defensive line. No okay? doubt about and it. Bottom line, and bottom line. Defensive and offensive lines win championships, so that's what it's going to come down to. And uh, you know, I mean, it's it's it it should be close. I got a feeling that it's not going to be one way or another. Hmm. Well, I I don't see BC blowing Winnipeg out. I don't see that happening. Probably can, not, I'm but gonna, yeah, you never know. I, I wouldn't be upset by it, but I, I don't see it if, happening. If if one of if one of those teams start going start going downhill with momentum, the other team's not going to be able to stop them. It's probably I think true. Court, I think. I think it could come down to uh, how VA and uh, Zach protect the football. If they're throwing, you know, they, they sometimes they start getting loose with the football and make some ill-advised throws. Yeah, so, they both and the other and they both have interception issues. Yeah. The other thing that I'm I'm relying on is I'm I'm going on information from my buddy Christopher Jones, who tells me Zach Kolaris is the best quarterback in the CFL. Well, I didn't say that recently. You've said that numerous times this year, buddy. Sorry. Oh, I have. Technically, he is the best quarterback that the CFL has seen in a lot of years. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, no question about that. I I don't – once again, once again, you also – you got to look at BC as hungry to win this, but you also got to look at the Bombers – as as hungry because they're getting up they there. They lost in, a great cup years. last year, and and this night this might be their last kick at the cat for a while. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. 
I just think they got more to prove with Toronto than they do with BC. Yeah, Actually, I would no, agree no. with that. How many times did Calgary, you know, look past an opponent in the playoffs and all of a sudden some shitty Saskatchewan team knocked them off in the West Final? Or You know what I mean? Things happen. When you get to the dance so many times, you know what? It, it's tough to win the great times. Like it, you could have very good teams and things just go wrong. Take the quarter where all of a sudden you have a bad turnover, a pick, a bad penalty, and then all of a sudden things happen, right? So it's, yep. uh, the CFL playoffs are a, it's a special animal. That's all but what I'll I, say about the CFL what I, what I hope What I hope doesn't happen is that BC and Winnipeg beat the fuck out of each other. And then they have nothing yeah. left to break down. Yeah, and then whoever gets through gets steamrolled uh, yeah. by Toronto because they have nothing left to give. Dane Evans well, starts for BC. <laughs> that's, that's very possible. Toronto. There you go. It's, yep. You know, it's very possible. I mean, uh, how yep. how how good, how strong is um, BA's knee right now? You know, it wasn't a couple of yep. weeks ago that he had a brace on it and got pulled out of the game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. This is not a sure thing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, although many of their fans believe so, which I think is funny as hell. I, I, I just love you know to what? see them eating crow next week. I, I, it, it would be worth anything for them to be eating crow next week. Some of them They're going to hear about last, it. Some of them should have learned last year, last year after losing to Toronto when I was like – it's the younger, it's the younger fans of every fan base that I don't know what it is. No, it's not. Yet. It's the old guys that are doing it. It really is. Yeah, I'm the watching them. Having, some of the older guys are having fun. Some of the older guys are also insane, legitimately. So you have to, you have to see who who the posters are first, and then you can then you decide. But. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. But I cannot believe the amount of Toronto Argonaut fans that are coming out of the woodwork right now and being really cocky about it. It's it, it's it's hilarious. And well, you uh, see their slogan, "The loudest fans." Like are they that that came from their their <laughs> very funny. Their yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to another subject. What do we got? Hamilton won't prevent Scott Milanovic from pursuing Ryder's head coaching position. Well, I understand and agree with that, and I don't think that it's going to I, – I don't know. Who, who knows? Who knows? Would Scott Milanovic really believe that being the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now would be advantageous to his career? And it might be if he was given the full reins and was the general manager and got to pick his own players, but he, he, he's stuck with Jeremy O'Day for the next two years because they just renewed his contract for another two years. And he's the guy that got them in the mess. And do you honestly believe you, you can't you can't be so arrogant to think that you're going to go in there and make things wonderful? You, you can't. Now, if it was if the, if he was about to sign a long term contract for a lot of money, like four or five years, 
and huge money and, and say that, you know, we're here, we're, we're going to go for the long haul on this one, we're going to do a renewal, we're going to make things work. Um, I, I, okay, I would see him being able to do that. But doing a one- or a two-year contract right now just doesn't make sense. There's no way that you can turn this tire fire around in that period of time. And, I mean, even Chris Jones is going into his third season, third out of four years. He's still got two years on his contract. And uh, he's starting to turn the corner finally after two years. And he's still a 4-14 and team this year. So, I don't know. I would I, Honestly, I wouldn't touch Saskatchewan right now with a 10-foot goal. Wouldn't do it. And Scott's not like he's in a great position as the offensive coordinator in Hamilton. But it's the team that he knows. It's the players that he knows. And, and is Steinauer going to stick around? And we're going to talk about that one in a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's should he be there? You know? I don't know. William, what's your thoughts? Should Scott Milanovic go to Saskatchewan? Well, if I was Scott Milanovic, if I go to Saskatchewan, I'd take Taylor Powell with me. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. if, if you will, if you will, Hamilton Hamilton started to get better when they started Taylor Powell and when mm-hmm. Scott Milanovic became the offensive coordinator. Okay. Yep. So that that tells you a lot right there. Okay, but uh, I don't know why anybody would want to go in that place called Saskatchewan because it's such a it's mm-hmm. such a fishbowl. They don't have that many good players. And don't forget, Jeremy O'Day signed a new two year contract. So obviously they're not gonna blame him for anything. So no. But like in I said, most situations it's gotta be a long term. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, guys do what they do, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he'll go there. But what's the other option? Stay in Hamilton. And I and I think, I think Hamilton is going a little bit backwards these days. So, and I mean, let's face it, they don't. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Something has to change in Hamilton. Okay, something has to change in Hamilton. Now, whether it's, it, it, there's a, I mean, there, it's 20 years, over 20 years that Hamilton really hasn't performed. It's been 20 years that Bob Young has owned the team. Now, granted, this billionaire saved the team from utter annihilation. And, uh, and, but he's really, he hasn't been demanding enough of an owner. He hasn't demanded victory. He hasn't. He's he's accepted mediocrity. He's too loyal. He's too loyal right now to uh, Steinhauer. That could be an issue. I agree with that. Actually, I I just I honestly think they need a change there, but I don't think it's going to happen. And now, to be fair, to be fair to Hamilton and their Great Cup drought, they've been in the last. Well, they've been in, what, four great cups in 2021 to 2013. They were in four great cups. And, I mean, they lost one to Calgary. 
Um, guy made a block he didn't need to make, or Calgary or Calgary blows another great cup, and Hamilton wins a great cup in 2014. And then, I mean, they got Saskatchewan Hamilton the year before. And I mean, 2019 they were supposed to win. They were 15 and three, and they just got blown out. And then 2021, I mean, they were up 10 points with or 11 points with five minutes left at home. And they they blew that one. So I mean, they have a lot of a lot of ghosts to, to deal with there. I don't know what uh, they might need a complete overhaul. Yeah, I'm just reading the the article. So the next article is uh, Orlando Steinauer addresses Bo Levi Mitchell's comment regarding the future of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <clears throat> now, Charles, you can uh, go ahead here. You, you have something to say on the uh, Scott Milanovic to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders subject there? Yeah. So I know a lot of people say that, uh, oh, why would he go to Saskatchewan now? Why would he go? Every head coach thinks they can go into a new situation and turn things around. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a head coach. Um, unless uh, they do get rid of Steinhauer and offer the job to Milanovic, which I quite frankly don't see happening. I think it would be helpful to Hamilton, but I think they're going to stick with Steinhauer. I think uh, he's built up enough um, good favor with Bob Young that uh, Bob Young is not going to make a change right away because Steinhauer has gotten him to uh, a couple of great cup games. He didn't win them, but he got them there. So I think that uh, he's got enough there that um, Bob Young is going to stick with him. And, hey, Milanovic, he's been a head coach before. I think he probably wants to be a head coach again. And if the opportunity is there in Saskatchewan, like I said, every coach thinks they can go into a, a situation and turn it around. I think he could end up there, and Hamilton said they won't let him go. So uh, I'm not going to rule out he, him uh, with Saskatchewan. So whether he can turn things around, who knows? But um, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so um, just I'm looking up the Hamilton team here, and it's kind of a uh, – there is no general manager. The Hamilton Tiger Cats do not have a general manager. Hmm. <clears throat> they have and, uh, Drew Almaga is the assistant general manager and director of Canadian scouting. Spencer Zimmerman is the assistant general manager and director of player personnel. And Ed Hervey is the assistant general manager and senior advisor to the president of football operations. Now, the president of football operations is Orlando Steinauer. He's the head coach. So literally, Orlando Steinauer is the boss of his boss's boss. Right? Essentially, yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the boss of the, the managers, and the managers are the boss of the coaches. 
So he's the boss of his boss's boss. It, it, it's, it's just, it's wrong. I mean, and I understand that. So does Orlando Steinauer take a step backwards right now and stay the president of football operations and, and, and go that way and Scott Milanovic takes over as head coach? Because that would make sense. It would. I mean, he's according to their website, Mark Washington is the defensive coordinator and, and defensive back coach. Jeff Reinbold is the special teams coordinator and assistant defensive back coach. Scott Milanovic is the assistant, senior assistant head coach. They don't give him the title of offensive coordinator. He, he's the assistant coach. They, they don't have an offensive coordinator on their website at this moment. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, he's the assistant head coach. So wouldn't it just make sense to throw him in that capacity? It kind of would, actually. And then they can save face and they can give uh, Orlando Steyer and Howard the GM job. That's what I thought well, was going to happen. Well, I don't think that he is the GM. Or the president. The pres- he is the president of football operations now. I think, if, if anything, Ed Hervey should be the general manager. Right? But, I mean, he in, in theory, in hindsight, he is. Right? If If you look at it. Where mm-hmm. is it? Where does it go? Um, to, to, to football operations. Ed Herbie is the assistant general manager and senior advisor to the president of football operations. That's like next to God sort of position, right? Pretty much. So if you just throw away the assistant general manager title, one guy is the director of Canadian scouting. The other one is director of player personnel, and the other one is the senior advisor to the president. And I think it'd be time to rebuild as well because Hamilton's missed their window to win a great cup. I think they had they've had I two think great so, yeah. cups at home in the last three years, and they haven't gotten it done. Now you have the next two great cups are in the West, so good luck you get to the game. East teams yeah, don't do well playing in the West, but um, I think they should rebuild and find themselves a quarterback, which they have, but they might not play him in Powell. So, you know, and, and that goes to this next uh, article that we've got where Steinauer addresses Bo Levi Mitchell. Now, Bo Levi Mitchell said that he does, he does not see himself in Hamilton next year. He said that, right? He was being interviewed, and that's what he said. Okay, so now this is what Orlando Steinauer said about it. He says, I don't have any comments on Bo's comments, but what I love about Bo is he speaks from the heart, and he's going to wear everything on his sleeve. I think that if you ask him, there was a longer conversation there. I think that it was taken in the context that anybody wants to take it in. Bo was in my office for 30 minutes yesterday, and it was like we were sitting around having a beer. So there's no challenge there. 
So if my quarterback drops a bomb in the media that says that I don't see myself being with this team next year, I'm not going to be his buddy and take him for a beer. Well, I think that that decision was made when they didn't put him in when the game was still in doubt, like you would have started in the second half. Yeah, of didn't. course. So I think he, he was pissed point, off. Yeah, but, but at that point, mm-hmm. I mean, you're paying him 550000 bucks this year and you can't even start him in the third quarter. I mean, him saying – both saying what he said is that's just, I mean, that's obvious that they, he's not in the plans. That that's a bold thing, right? And and he's not. It, it, both didn't get signed for a one-year deal. He's under contract for next year. Yeah. So uh, unless they trade him or release him, catch one. Ottawa, maybe Ottawa. I. I honestly think Bo might retire. Uh, he can get he can get another check. He can get another five hundred thousand dollar payday. He's not going to. I think he hangs around for one more year just for a paycheck. He's 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 taking a book out of Darian Durant's. He's taking a page out of Darian Durant's book. That's for sure. William, and take what are your thoughts here? William, 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 come and talk to me. I, I I think anybody who was involved she in signing Bully by Mitchell to that contract should be fired. <laughs> how how many how many years have been have I been telling you guys that he's done? Two years? Yeah. He can't throw yeah. the fucking ball anymore. John can't fire himself. And somebody out there is going to give him $500,000? Come on. Like, wow. I, I, but once again, I've always, I've always liked Bo's, I've always liked Bo's straightforwardness. Okay. And, hey, he put it out there right after the game. Don't think I'll be here next year. They didn't play me. So even he was saying, they're paying me $500,000 a season, and they didn't let me play in this game very much. Like, what the fuck are they thinking? And he's thinking, I got one over on them because they actually signed me to that ridiculous contract. Yeah. So so I, I would assume Hamilton is going to cut him. That's the only choice in my well, mind. They could- they could trade him, but who would pick him up for that contract? Yeah, but who's, who wants him? Exactly. He hasn't done. He and, hasn't and done especially on that since, contract. He hasn't done anything since 2018 or 2019. Yeah. Okay, okay, so he he started six games this year. He is two and four yep. on his record. He's got a thousand yep. yards passing which six games is not bad for a thousand yards. He is six is 10 interceptions to six touchdowns. Did you hear that? So, so nobody can argue with me. He's a bum. He's a bum. 
and they gave him a contract like that. Come on. He has a 59.1% completion ratio. Uh-huh. The only Almost, person uh, The only person in starting quarterbacks this year that has a worse completion ratio, you want to guess? Jake Mayer? No, no. Jake Mayer is actually not oh. bad. He's yeah, oh, his okay. is 62. 62%. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Cody Fajardo? Taylor Cornelius. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. Uh, Cody Fajardo actually has the highest completion ratio yeah, in the league. Yeah, I know. League. He has the highest one this year. Yeah, 70, 71.6. That's why Zach, he's my hero. Zach Kolaris was 69. Adams was 68.2. Uh, Chad Kelly was 68.5. Dustin Crum was actually higher than most of them at 69.1. Actually, I think he's the he's the one closest to he's number two. He's number two in the league. <clears throat> Mind you, Antonio Pipkins got a hundred percent passing ratio. He's one for one. He always was yeah, one under, pass. Un, he was always an underutilized quarterback. Come on. Yeah. But it was for 57 yards. So, I mean, you've got to give him a little bit of credit for that one. Closing in on Chad Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Anything else we got to say about Steinauer, Bo Levi? I Bo Levi Mitchell just should—he should retire. He won't. Why should he? When Hamilton is going to pay him five hundred thousand dollars next year? I mean, I wouldn't—I wouldn't quit. Uh, you know, and and I questioned—I absolutely questioned when Mike Riley retired. I said, "What the hell are you doing? They're, they're going to pay you stupid money to play next year." And he—he uh, he, he retired. So, will Mitchell do it? Will Mitchell surprise us and retire? I don't think so. Is he going to demand a trade? I don't know. I I honestly don't know of a team out there that's stupid enough to take him in. I was going to say, is there a schmuck out there that will sign him? Come on. Well, Jeremy O'Day. I mean, he was in the battle with Hamilton to sign Mitchell. He wanted him. Does he now? I don't know. I mean, there there should be some you know consensus in the league that this guy's not not the material that everybody wants him to be. But then Hamilton should have known that. Charles, you're making funny noises, Charles. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on. Any anybody got anything else to say on this one? No, because it's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, actually, guys, I'm going to say good night. Um, I'm. Oh, you're a pussy. Yeah, early in the morning. Yeah. Call yeah. Me pussy, that's fine. <laughs> oh, it's it's only three thirty in the morning. Yeah. I'm up at that time um, anyhow every day. So is Will. <laughs> Will, what time do you I get up? I go to work. All day. I got to work up all day too. After the show. 
And I'm, I get um, I get up at three thirty every morning. So does Will. He goes to the gym. I go do chores. <laughs> I don't go to bed till one o'clock. Sometimes midnight. I'll I'll shut down the show at ten o'clock and then go watch a movie. Nobody needs more than four hours. Yeah. Nobody. No. It's still the time is the time, right? Whether it's eleven or four thirty or whatever, you know. Person only needs four hours sleep. I don't know. (laughs) That was last night. Yeah. All right. Okay. Get out of here. Go away. I'm I'm gonna go turn turn kick you out of here. Go bombers. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> let's let's read some reality. Go home. Okay. Uh, semifinals. CFL semifinals. This year we're switched to Saturday from Sunday. Um, do we believe that this was a mistake? This is actually an, a three-down article. I don't think it's a mistake. I love it. I don't think we should be going head-to-head against the NFL. I don't think we should go head-to-head against the NHL. Um, <clears throat> that's why I don't think we should start the season earlier. Why, why would we com- try to compete with team, uh, leagues that are better than us, that are superior to us? And yes, I know I'm saying that about the NFL, but the reality of it is it, they are. Um, I think switching to Saturday was a great idea. I don't think that there's a problem with that. I think the Grey Cup should be on Saturday for the simple fact that anybody who's going to the Grey Cup is going to take a couple of days off of work anyhow, right? That's a plan. Uh, you want to be there for some, some of the festivities on Thursday and Friday night, Saturday. And uh, <clears throat> then you get Sunday to travel so that you can be back to work on Monday. I think Saturday Grey Cup's a wonderful thing. Sunday Grey Cup never made sense to me. Never did. Never. I don't I don't get it. Um, yes, there are some people that work Saturdays, but there's people that work Sundays as well. So I don't think it really matters that much. Personally, I, I like the Saturday games. I don't have a problem with them. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'm semi-retired. I'm not working weekends anyhow. I still have chores to do. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturday games are Saturday games. What's the difference between Saturday and Sunday? Nothing for me. I don't think it's any difference for you, Charles, nor nor William. What's your thoughts? William, go ahead. Well, you know what? I uh I didn't mind the Saturday games. If there's if there's one day that I try not to do a lot on, it's Saturday. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I mean Saturday is one day, Sunday I'm usually I'm usually uh, firing back up for work, and I a lot of times I'll do work on the weekends for work on Sunday, on Sundays, um, and I also like to spend time with my wife on Sundays. And so, yeah, I don't mind Saturday games. I never, I don't think you should ever have the Grey Cup on a Saturday. Just my opinion, wow. though. What's the difference between I that and the Western Final I, right I now? Just, I, Western I, Final is a more important game. Yeah, I just like the Grey Cup on a Sunday. That's all. I understand what you're saying, but I like it for the Sunday. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Charles. Uh, for me, for me, I far prefer the Saturday games, uh, no matter what. I mean, I don't work Saturday, Sunday, but I like to have the day off. I don't have to worry about working the next day and so on. Uh, I think the benefits far outweighs the um far outweighs the um 
the bad things about um, uh, playing on Saturdays. I just think, I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You're going to go, if you're Saturdays, you're going up against the NHL. Sundays, you're going up against the NFL. But if it's Sunday, you're going against, you know, the NFL. It's a full-on football crowd at that point. There are people that watch football and don't watch hockey. So, I mean, I think the odds of losing more viewers is going to happen on the Sunday because you're playing against the NFL. So, I like the Saturday games. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter either way. I'm going to watch the games no matter what, obviously. Uh, but I like this. I personally like the uh, the Saturday. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're going to compete against Saturday, you're competing against the NHL hockey. Uh, most hockey yeah. games are at night. Right. Okay. So I, I don't, you know, when you're starting a game at 11 o'clock in the morning, I don't really believe that it's that much different. Now, I heard a big argument is, goes, what the hell was the CFL thinking having a game on November 11th? Well, if November 11th was a Sunday, they would have played football on it. And, and, and we did numerous occasions. So, you know, it, it, that's a, that's a moot point for me. And, and, you know, I'm a big, uh, big fan of the, uh, of the veterans of, of Remembrance Day of, of the Legion and all of the above and wear my poppy and do all of that kind of stuff and su- support the, the veterans in any way, shape that we can. Um, but I don't think it's disrespectful to watch a football game on that day. Not at all. And I and I and I have no no problem with it as long as you honor the veterans at the football game. Of course. And and yeah, the, I CFL agree with is, that. the CFL is great at doing that. Without question they are, right? I mean, each yep. each fan base has their own veterans day. I mean, it's just one of those things that we that the CFL has been very, very, very good at. So yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. I, I like the Saturday games. Yeah, I don't I'm either. Happy with them. I, I I'm having problems with it. I'm not having problems with it at all. And I think that it's a great way of going. And so be it. Saturday games are not a mistake. <clears throat> okay, so here's an opinion piece by Three Down Nation. Told you we'd get to this one. Should Stampeders head coach Dave Dickinson step down as the head coach and focus on his GM duties? And it goes on. It's an in-depth article by who? Who is it? Uh, Ryan Ballantyne. Yeah. And onto what the Stampeders have done and the direction in which they are going. They are slowly and progressively spiraling downhill. As we all know that being a head coach and a general manager is not an easy task. It's very difficult to be tough with a player and negotiate really hard with somebody and then turn around and try to get them to work hard for you as a coach. It takes a special individual to be able to do that. And it has more to do with delegating the responsibilities to somebody else than it is to be doing the job yourself. So your assistant general manager should be doing the negotiations and your coordinator should be doing most of the coaches. 
coaching. And that just basically means that you're kind of a stand back from both of these positions. Uh, how many people in the history of the CFL have been made outstanding careers as head coaches and general managers at the same time? I can only name three. Wally Buono. Yep. John Huffnagel. Don Matthews. There is not another one out there. There can be some arguments made for a couple, but in reality, no. Nobody else has been truly successful where they can go off and say that their team is better for their job, for what they were doing. <clears throat> and, I mean, Don Matthews did it at several teams. I don't know, was Wally Buono the general manager in Calgary when he was head coach there? William, that's your question. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, okay. yep. Yeah, he was. Not all and the time, he, but a lot of it. No, no, of course it. not. Right? And I know Don Matthews did it in several teams. Uh, John Hoffnagel was strictly in Calgary. Um, mm-hmm. But but they, they were all successful at both positions at the same time. And that's in a hundred and some odd years. <laughs> Nine teams. Eight teams sometimes. Um, that's a lot of That's a lot of seasons. That's over. That's like a thousand seasons. Mm-hmm. And 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 only three guys have been successful at it. So why? I, I think it's just arrogant thinking that he can be successful at this when he was actually not doing all that awesome as a head coach. And then to throw another hat on him because Huffnagel wants to step back a little further. I don't. I don't disagree with Huffnagel wanting okay. to, to okay. retire and, okay. and, and go back. What? Okay, and I've been I've been telling you I've been telling you guys this all year long, okay? And I am one thousand percent right on this. Dave Dickinson does not run that football team. John Huffnagel still runs that football team. Every no decision doubt. they make He's the president. every decision they make goes through John Huffnagel on every on every player on every negotiation even on plays they call on the sidelines <laughs> during games it's all pre-done with John Huffnagel cuz he's a control guy now the other thing you don't know is Dave Dickinson was asked that specific question in his interview at the end of the year and his answer was, I don't know. Whatever John Huffnagel wants us to do, that was his answer. So he still has no control over this team. And I think, I think the problem with this team is John Huffnagel is past his prime and he should retire. That's just my opinion. I don't disagree. I mean, I'll, I'll tell because, you, the last four years of alliance with you, Wally Buono were not good. Absolutely. Yeah. You look at you look at the, and I'm telling you, it's disgusting. I look at the fucking Toronto Argonauts and look at who they have and their coaching staff and on their team as players, ex-Calgary guys everywhere, 
ex-Calgary mm-hmm. coaches everywhere, okay? So that yeah. tells you something right then and there, okay? I think they all wanted to get rid of or get out of that control situation. And maybe Dave Dickinson has stay, stayed around because he knows sometime down the road, John is going to retire or do something and then he will get to run it the way he wants to run it because Dave Dickinson, and I know you don't think he's a good coach and, and you don't, he's a really smart guy. He's a really smart guy. So that's what I think. And once again, the Stampeders are going to lose all their free agents this year because they refuse to spend money on them. And they're going to go elsewhere, and they're going to have to find new guys, and that part of their their system hasn't been working real good for the last couple of years. I mean, you can do, when, you can do that. Have, you can get away with that when your team is 12 and 6, but you can't get away yeah, with that when, when your team have, is 6 and 12. When have, when have we not seen the Stampeders with two or three quarterbacks waiting in the wings to become the starter? That's okay. true. It's 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 and now we have fucking nothing. Yeah. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. Well, that's why so. I have this problem with your concept of John Huffnagel still in control because Huffnagel would never let that happen. Well, yeah, but as you get older, all kinds of things happen without you even trying to make them happen, okay? I really think he's past his prime and he needs to go. Oh, I don't disagree. So, I, I do not disagree and I, with you. And I, I mean, I look at, I mean, in reality, if it was done properly, Ryan Dinwiddie should be the head coach in Calgary. Dave Dickinson should be the general manager. And John Tufnagel should be retired. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that anybody thought that Ryan Dinwiddie was a head coach. I, I, I just, it boggles the mind that they took yeah, this. Yeah, but there was, no, there was no room for him to be head coach in Calgary. That's probably why he left. Well, there was no room for him to be a coordinator. And once again, once again, Corey Mace went to Toronto as their defensive line coach, and now he's their defensive coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't, I think John Huffnagel put somebody else in charge, and he made a mistake. Yeah. I'm just saying. Something in Calgary is broken. Yes, it is, and I really believe that's it. I really think that's it. And, and you know what? I've got no, absolutely nothing to dispute that with you. Nothing. The only thing that I can see is that Dave Dickinson, his, 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 his team – the duration, the era, the Dave Dickinson era as Stan, Calgary Stampeders head coach is going the wrong direction. Has been uh-huh. for a few years now. Absolutely. Right? I'm not going to disagree. And we, and we saw that after the 2013 season in C, 
where Benavides took over and he took over a 13 and, and five team and spiraled it down to a nine and nine. He was still, he was a winning coach. He had a winning record when he was fired. Dave Dickinson still has a winning record at this point in time, but it's going the wrong direction fast. But I, I believe that if he's in control, he can turn that around. It, is he going to stick around? Well, where else is he going? Gatchewan? I mean, you know what? He could quit tomorrow and somebody would sign him in 10 minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe he'll go to GM and sign his brother. Maybe he'll go to maybe he'll go to fucking Hamilton. There's a thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm. Uh, I. 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 You see, and the, the, here's the scary thing: the lulls in in since I've been a Stampeder fan, the lulls where they haven't been good haven't been that great. Okay, they've been very short, and I'm scared that they're going to be like every other team, and it's going to be a long time before they even get a sniff. And they're already suffering as far as uh, getting people in the stands. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I honestly believe that the Edmonton Elks have turned the corner. I mean, and I said that at the beginning of this season, and I'm saying at the end of the season, and they've done nothing to prove that. Uh, but I can't believe that they're not going to be better next year. Uh, Saskatchewan has to be doing something to rebuild right now, whether they're successful in the next year or not. I don't see any change happening in Calgary. And the direction they're going yeah, is not but, the right way. Yeah, but, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know what? Think about, think about this. Let's look at the league in general. There was three strong teams this year. Maybe, I guess there's an argument for four strong teams because Montreal wasn't that bad. Okay? But fuck. Ottawa, that good? they're not, they're not going to punt Bob Dice, okay? There's no doubt about it. Hamilton is going to stand pat with their coaching staff most likely, okay? Yeah, Calgary is going to stand pat, okay? So are we going to have the same shit next year? Because I don't, I don't really want to watch it if we're going to have the same shit next year. Well, I think Hamilton's going to be a better team. I mean, it depends on whether Scott Milanovic stays there or not. Right. But, I mean, it, it really looks like Saskatchewan is the only team that is going to change coaches. Right. And I, and I for, still for think... The wor- and and for, you and I both agree this is the worst CFL season we've seen in a very long time. Yes, if ever, is. but, but <clears throat> and only I mean, and only one I coach is getting fired. The, I still think one of the biggest reasons Saskatchewan was bad this year was because they lost Trevor Harris. Okay, because he played pretty good. Yeah, in the first I think they would have been better. Well, they I were three they and one with too. Trevor Harris. They were three and one when he, he right. got hurt. There you okay. go. So, but you also got to realize that that was a terrible, terrible beginning to the season. Nobody looked good. I mean, the well, Lions no, didn't that's look true, good. But Winnipeg didn't look good. Right. But, I mean, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
But, yeah, there's not going to be enough changes. And, and the worst thing is in the CFL, we just recycle coaches all the fucking time. Let's get some new blood in here. I mean, watching watching the NFL this year and last year, they got a couple of young coaches. Miami's coach looks like he's 12 years old, for God's sake. Okay? He's older than that. But mm-hmm. bring in some new blood and see what happens. Do I think Bo Levi Mitchell should be the head coach in Calgary? No. But do I think Henry Burris should be the head coach in Saskatchewan? No. But <laughs> you never know. At least it's somebody new. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't I know don't... what has to happen. Maybe maybe the new owners on some of these teams, maybe the Montreal guy will try and change things up. You know, who knows? Who knows? I'm just looking looking at something right now. Um, okay, how many coaches in the CFL right now that you know of were players? Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Te- like, are we talking head coaches or assistants? No, we're talking to head coaches. Head coaches is what's important right now. Okay, BC. No, he was not a he was not a player no. in the CFL. Okay, no. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. No, but they don't um, have anybody Calgary. in Saskatchewan. Right? Yeah, they don't have a coach did. right now in Saskatchewan. Craig Craig Dickinson didn't play in the CFL. Okay. Okay. Um, Chris Jones um, did not. Cal, Cal Calgary, yes. Edmonton, yeah. no. Um, Hamilton, Winnipeg, yes. yes. Winnipeg, yes. Ottawa, mm-hmm. I don't Bob, think Bob Dice, no. No, he did not. No. Um, and then he was a wide uh, receiver Ryan, with the Manitoba Bison. Oh, was he really? That's um, as far as he got. And uh, what's his name in Toronto played in the CFL? Yes. Okay. So how many? So, give or take. Yeah, give or take. Okay. So being a player doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good coach. No. No. Right, that's but a fact. But sometimes, okay. I mean, you've heard this in business before, Christopher. Some guys get promoted above their level. Okay. Well, everybody does. Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect example of that was Mike Benavides. Okay. Yeah. He's doing fine. He's doing fine as an assistant coach right now. Okay. No problem. Well, he's a he's doing he's fine. a special teams coordinator. Oh, is he okay? But they probably use him on defense too. I would assume. Okay. Well, I, so, I don't know. I Ryan Phillips is there. He's he's in BC, right? He's back in BC. Yeah. Yeah, he's back in BC. Yeah, he's special but team I'm coordinator sure, in BC, sure, and Ryan Phillips is the I, defensive but I, coordinator. But I'm sure, I'm sure Mike Benavides taught Ryan Phillips everything he knows about the CFL. I, I believe that's okay. correct statement. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you know, these guys have positions or have, they have titles, but I tend to wonder how much of it laps over and they give advice to each other and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. It should, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, you, you should always be willing to assist everywhere in your job. Absolutely. Yes. You know, if, if, if your shipping department is backed up, Will, you should be down there helping them out. I ride the forklift all the time. Right? I, so. my, my, safety, my safety girl comes to me and says, hey, you don't have a forklift license. And I said, I've been driving yeah. forklifts for 40 fucking years. Go away. <laughs> okay? So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Right? I understand. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's yes, my point, yes. right? Is that uh, just yes. because Henry, Henry Burris played football in the NFL doesn't make him a coach? No, absolutely not. No. Just because Bo Levi Mitchell I'm, played quarterback in the CFL doesn't make him a coach. But, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's 90% of the people out there that think that's a good idea, okay? Just because yeah, the because majority they, of the population they, they, they of the is stupid. Well, no, come on. Absolutely. Come on. I know that. I know that. Okay? So um, is Anthony Calvillo going to be a good uh, head coach some year? Maybe in five years. Yeah, I'm not putting money on it. Well, you never know. Yeah, I don't think he has the personality to do it. I think that's the problem with. With That's him and and, and with and, and Bob Dice and 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 Craig Dickinson and a, a bunch of people, I just think they're too soft. And you cannot mm-hmm. be soft as a head coach. No, you cannot. Right? You you, you these play, these are players. They they are your subordinates. They are not your friends. Don't take them right. bowling. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you know you I agree. You, you have. You have to, you have to be tough, and that's why Anthony Calvillo cannot be a head coach. That's why Benavides couldn't be a head coach. That's why Paul Apolise is not a good. No, look at that. The show's over. It's basically two full-time jobs. Okay. Yes, it is. So you, you know you 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 can't run that, that way. So anyhow, we got a football game coming up. We got two football games coming up this weekend, and they're going to be awesome. And definitely check them out. Uh, this has been Let's Fuck CFL podcast episode number five hundred and fifty-five. Triple nickel. And uh, I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I didn't say who I was at the beginning of the show, but I'm saying who I am at the end. And sixty seconds left. Blog talk, bitch. People know who you here. are. I know people you know exactly. Okay, so say good night, Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks uh, for listening. We uh, will be talking about the Grey Cup. Go Lions. I hope they're there next week. Yeah. And William, up to you, buddy. Good night, everybody. Um, Let's just say go Owls, go, because my favorite guys play for the Owls. Cody Fajardo, Jason Moss, Danny Machocha. Yeah, what a team. Anyway, all your buddies. Go out. The the upset's going to be the Lions. The the upset's going to be the Lions over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's for sure. Could happen. Could happen. Could happen. Oh, my God. We're running out of time. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night.